I'd like to uh, just uh, bring a message this morning coming out of the book of James. Uh, as I was reading through James, I, um, I see a lot of practical, uh, practical uh, teachings and things that we, can, that we can adhere to and things that we need to um, think about and do. And um, as I was reading uh, James, the first chapter, I, this title just came to mind called, it's, it's, God, it's called God's Moral Mirror. And <clears throat> a lot of us, a lot of times we get up in the morning, we look in the mirror and we see ourselves. And basically without a mirror, we can't, we couldn't be able to see our faces or reflection. And in the same, that same way, James brings up a really good analogy or illustration that without this moral mirror, we would never be able to see ourselves for who we really are and what we are. And that's God's Word here today. And when we look into God's Word, God's also looking back at us in a way. And we see ourselves for who and what we really are, our sinful condition, um, our sinful nature. And God, that's how God speaks to us, is through His Word, through His Bible. Um, what I asked this question this morning is, um, do you have, uh, I guess, a tool in your house that you use all the time? Do you have a tool in your house or in your possession that you use all the time. And maybe it's for carpentry, um, maybe it's a skill saw, maybe it's a saw, um, you know, maybe it's a grinder or some type of tool or a kitchen utensil, you know, or an electronic device that you use every day, some type of an instrument that you use. But this thing you have, you, you, you have used it enough to where you've basically mastered it, all right? Maybe you have that tool in mind now. Or you become so efficient in using it that you can do a lot of things that a lot of people can't do with it. Like a circular, circular saw or something like that. But I want to bring this point up is that no matter how expensive or inexpensive your tool is, <clears throat> it's only as good and valuable as how you use it. And how well you know how to use it. You know, the value comes out of what I'm able to do with it and make of it. This tool that we use with our hands or our minds. And and the only thing I know how to do well with this thing is because I've practiced and I used it. And I've mastered it. Take my... Um, for me, I I play guitar and I love to sing and I've been playing for quite a while and this Taylor guitar that I use um, I spent years practicing it and I devoted myself to playing it and you know and there's so much I could do with it now because I've, I've gained these certain skills to use this, use this tool but um, today I want to talk about your Bible Word of God um, in Psalms it says that it's immeasurable and it's valuable, it's priceless. But, you know, because in it we find the story of God's plan for our lives and the ages 
Um, <clears throat> Psalms 119.72 says, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. That's God's word. And here the psalmist is saying that this, this, this thing, the word of God is, is more valuable than thousands of gold and silver pieces. You know, how do we feel about God's word today? Because um, it's immeasurable. It's priceless. <clears throat> and um, I want to uh, say a, a little thing about myself. As I was, as I was um, maturing as a young man, as a young Christian, and for a long time my Bible just sat on the shelf. Maybe some of you can relate to this. It's collected dust. Come Sunday, I would pick it up finally and blow dust off and bring the church, have it in, under my arm and just walk in Billy Sunday. And I'd glance, on, glance at it just for a few seconds on Sunday as the pastor taught his sermon. Um, and if anything, I would just sit there and hear what he had to say, God, what God had to say. And soon, as church was over, my Bible would end up on the shelf again for the week. Sadly, you know, um, as I mentioned before, I gave this sermon at, at church one time. I said that, sadly, best taste of God's word that I received every Sunday was no more than my pastor had gotten. Isn't that so true for a lot of us? You know, my pastor could go on and on and on all day and tell me how good God's word is, but until I took a bite myself and experienced God and His word on my own, I would never know how good God is. Same with a steak. You know, I can sit here and tell you all day how good a steak is. And I could tell you all day, but until you actually tasted it and experienced for yourself, you would not know how satisfying <laughs> the steak is. You know, God's, God's tool for producing maturity in a, in a Christian's life for my life and you believers out there is His Word. It's His living Word. And so, sad to say, and one of the main reasons why me, James, why I, I, I didn't want to read the Bible wasn't because I couldn't understand it um, or that it seemed irrelevant to my life or that it was out of date, but it was because I refused to read it because every time I read it, it would challenge me to change. You know, why did I feel comfortable, uncomfortable when I read God's Word, when I opened the Bible? It's because my life contradicted everything the Bible taught. I was stubborn, I was hard-headed, I was too in love with my sin, and I was unwilling to do what I knew was right, what I ought to. And hopefully you have your Bible turned to Book of James, as I mentioned earlier. Turn your Bible to James chapter 1, verse 22. And <clears throat> the primary theme of, of James is living out one's faith by being a doer of the word, okay? And not just being a hearer 
like I said I was doing earlier in my life. Believers in this time when the, the readers of the book of James, <clears throat> they're going through some hard times, some trials and have become discouraged and begin to fall back possibly into worldly living. They also fail to live out the things they knew to be true. James even called them double-minded people. And today I want to bring you a, a, a challenge out of this book here. Such an awesome book. It says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was so God's word is like a moral mirror okay? it, it shows us our sinful condition just as we look into a mirror um, when I was wor uh, working with Red Lake Grace Bible Church in, in Red Tonalia, uh, um, there's this one year we did this VBS, and we used to help out with VBS for an entire week. It was probably the one of some of the longest weeks we ever had. One day I was working so hard and so long, and just playing with kids and just doing lessons, singing music, and <clears throat> we took a ride out to White Mesa, and we got stuck. And it was right in the middle of July. It was hot. And my day didn't end until like, I don't know, 1 o'clock, 1 in the morning. And I finally got home. I looked in the mirror. <laughs> and I didn't realize how disheveled and dirty and just crazy and bushy I looked. <laughs> By then I had a 5 o'clock shadow. You know, I had a little stubble on my face. And my face was just all oily and greasy. Um, I still had paint on my cheeks from some of the activities we were doing with the kids. And I was sunburned. You know, my skin was just all red. And I didn't even realize how I looked because all day I was so just so busy and preoccupied with being busy. And the point of this small story is a lot of times we Christians run around like this without even realizing how we look. Not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. And un it's until someone either says something or we look into God's word that we finally like, oh wow, something's not right here. James, um, in the, a, a, another verse in the book of James says, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, which is God's word, the law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. So in a way, James is here is saying that, you know, we can say that we believe in God, we love God, and we do, we go to church, we do all the things and we go through all the motions and do Christian things. If 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 we say and do those things and it doesn't show in our life and our character, as James says, this religion is worthless. If we don't have 
the the works, the action that backs up what we say and believe. He says, your religion is worthless. Wow. That's, that's kind of harsh, but that's what James said in the book of James. <clears throat> Warren, Warren Wiersbe says, Satan does not care how much Bible truth we know so as long as we don't live it. Satan doesn't care how much Bible truth we know so as long as we don't live it. So a lot of us, even myself included, you know, we run around and walk around out there every day and we know a lot about God, but we, don't, we never really practice it and we never really put this to faith and on, onto road and out our hands and to our feet. You know, application is the most important step, especially in my Bible studies, yet it's the most neglected in our lives. You know, how do you know that you've been changed by God's word? Or how do you know that you've been regenerated by God and His Word? You know, you're going to have a new relationship with God, you'll know. You're going to have a new relationship with yourselves. Um, you're going to have a new relationship with others around you. You're going to have a new relationship with the enemy, Satan, and sin. And that's how you'll, how you'll know. But I want to go over uh, four reasons... <clears throat> to read um, four reasons to read the Bible your Bible every day and I like to say that there are three three non-negotiable things that I have to do every day <laughs> no one of them is not take a shower no I was kidding <laughs> non-negotiable means I have to do it I, I committed to doing it every day. I don't compromise with it. You know, whether I'm tired, whether I'm up to it or out, and I'm in the mood, or I, I have to do these three things. Non-negotiables. Number one is tell my wife I love her. Every day. Shar, I love you. That's, that's the one thing I have to say every day. At least once a day. Number two is to talk to God by prayer. Talk to God by prayer. You know, um, that's how we communicate with God. That's how we ask for things from God. Number three is to read my Bible. Those are the three non-negotiable things in my life. I just have to do it. And read my Bible, and that should be one of the things for you, believer. Uh, four reasons <clears throat> why to read your Bible. Four reasons why we need to read one. Number one, um, God's Word contains the will for our lives. Okay, you know, a lot of times we 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 complain and say, "I don't know what God's will is for my life." That's that. You know, I say that. I wish God would just speak to me, or or I wish someone would just tell me what to do and how to live and how to do this and that. Yeah, I truly believe that we can find 90% of God's will for our lives in this book here. 90%. Other 10%, maybe God speaks through others. You know, He speaks through the Holy Spirit, through circumstances, situations in life. But 90% of God's will 
For our lives can be found in the pages of Scripture, my, my brothers, my sisters, my family. That's one number one reason. It contains God's will for our lives, this book here. So we, we, we don't have an excuse to say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. It's, it's right here. Um, number two, God's word is our nourishment. Um, God's word is our nourishment. <clears throat> First Peter 2, 2 through 3 First Peter chapter two verse two to three says, "Like newborn babies, newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Know that, and know that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as I mentioned earlier. You know this this verse is so plain and simple, and and explaining such a profound truth that." Simply put, if, if we don't read God's word every day and crave it and long for it, like this verse says, we will not grow. You will not grow as a Christian, plain and simple. Just like how we need food for physical nourishment and growth, or how we need school for knowledge and education for knowledge, we need God's word for nourishment and spiritual maturity that should be enough to to convince us huh that that why it's important to read god's word it should be a non-negotiable part of your day every single day number three it instructs us in righteousness okay <clears throat> psalm 119.9 says how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word so God's word has a way of purifying our thoughts, my thoughts, my motives. When we read it and we understand it and we meditate on it, we chew on it every day, all day, and we preach it to ourselves throughout the day, it has this supernatural way of keeping us away from sin. You know, when I read God's word, I, I feel stronger, I feel more protected I, I feel confident and, and, and especially when temptation comes around and I'm able to resist it because I have this strength through God and through his word you know we find the strength and courage to run from sin um, number four God's word gives us discernment um, discernment basically means Knowing the difference between what's good and what's bad, or what's real, or what's in between what's real and what's fake. And there are a lot of things in this world that are not good for us. <clears throat> grease, you know, grease is not good for us. Too much sugar is not good for us. Um, spiritually, and especially spiritually, there are some things that are not good for us. There are many different teachers out there who claim to be teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, spiritually speaking, but they are not. You know, they add things to the gospel. They take things from the gospel. And if if we are discerning Christians, we, we're in His Word, we're in God's Word every day, we're going to know the difference between what's not good for us and what's good for us. 
in, in regards to the gospel. And also, discernment means that we will know God's will in our life. We know, we know to go this way and we know to go that way. We know to stay away from this. We know to go this way instead. That's discernment. It gives us discernment. Um, there's this people called the Bereans in, in the Bible. They're, they're basically Jews from a place called Berea. In Acts 17, 10 through 12, Acts 17, 10 through 12, it says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, also did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. You know, these Berean people were, and they judged and they 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 separated, they they distinguished, they, they evaluated what Paul was speaking about. And the scriptures, they compared it, what he was talking about to the scriptures. In a way, <laughs> they were fact checkers, like Facebook fact checking, you know. And my teaching today, you know, check it out for yourself. Read, read the verses that and I'm, I'm attempting to interpret here for you today and um, see if what I'm telling you is really true. And that's discernment there. Um, so the God's Word, like I mentioned, it's a living Word for living people. It's not just... Um, in, in of itself, the Bible is just a book for it to be powerful and life-changing, it has to be read. It has to be internalized. It has to be meditated upon. You know, God told Joshua, right, that he should be in the Word so much that his truths would whisper and echo through in his thoughts all day long. And the result of this would be a changed behavior and courage to face adversity and success Joshua 1, 8 says, the, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This is God talking to Joshua. But you shall meditate it on it day and night. Like I said, be in the Word so much that this is going to happen. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Notice it says that you may be careful to do, not to know. You may be careful to do all according that is written in it for when you make your way for then you will make your way prosperous God said and you will have good success heaven that commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go so that's what God said to Joshua Charles H. Spurgeon um, once said a Bible that's fallen apart usually belongs to someone who isn't and when my mom uh, passed away, I took her Bible, <laughs> her Navajo Bible. Man, her Navajo Bible has been used and abused. There's writing and highlighting all over. The tape pages are torn. It's about the 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 back. The binding is about to fall apart. There's there the pages are all chained up, and this Bible is basically falling apart. And I was like, Oh God, I want this to be me. I want 
I want to have strength like my mom did, you know. Um, I want to share a couple more verses before I end here today. Uh, like I said, I didn't want to go too long, but I wanted to bring a challenge to you, to you, my 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 brothers and my sisters and my family, who are listening, is is to get into God's Word this week. Um, make it a an essential part of your day, non-negotiable part of your day, and set your mind to it, and get into it and read it so much as to where it's going to be. You're going to be thinking about it throughout the day and chewing on these truths from God and you maybe some of the scriptures that you read you might be wrestling with it you know next to Jesus Christ the Bible is God's specific revelation of himself you know Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God okay but the Bible is also God's specific revelation of himself. It tells of, of God. And when we know the Bible, we will know Jesus, as he mentioned in, in the Gospels. When we know the Bible, we're going to know Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we will know God, like I said. When we know Jesus, we know who God is. We know what God is. And when we know God, you know, we can find comfort encouragement maturity um, so one of my greatest tools in my arsenal to ward off um, anxiety and depression and temptation in my life is the Bible because I'm a flesh and blood man I'm prone to failure I get tempted I sin um, but this this God's word has become such a vital part of my day that when I don't read it and I don't understand it, I don't internalize it and let God speak to me, I begin to sink slowly. So I have to have it every day. And it says, um, this couple of verses I want to share with you as I, uh, as I end here is just that, that verse I shared earlier, but prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. So what this is saying is what, every time we open the book, God's word is, and we read something, God tells us something, and he reveals a truth to our lives. Maybe it's change, maybe it's encouragement. Um, and we realize what he's talking about and what God is saying, speaking to us. This verse is saying what a lot of us do is, is okay, all right. All right, I'm just going to... That's good to know. We put it away, put it back on our shelf. And when we do that, it says we're deceiving ourselves. And it says he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. Once he's looked at himself, he walks away. And he forgets everything he saw. So hopefully today, you know, every, when we open the Word of God again, that we're going to see ourselves who, for who we really are and that we will be challenged to change. And once we see that challenge to change, we're not going to resist it. 
and we're going to be humble and that we're going to be um, uh, willing willing to be changed by the Holy Spirit you know it can be a scary thing to change um, Matthew 6.21 says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also for where your treasure is there your heart will be also whatever is important to you whatever is important to me we put a lot of heart into it right we if you love running which i don't <laughs> you're going to put a lot of heart into it if you love singing and playing guitar which i do i'm going to put a lot of heart into it and time and focus energy if you love your job you're going to put a lot of heart into it do you love god's word here today people if your heart is not in it there needs to be some re-examining of your life of your heart this this today in closing i want to read these uh few um things here you know like i mentioned the bible in itself has the bible is just a book and in its in of itself has no it doesn't have the power to change anyone's life it's just a book but until it's read and it's understood and internalized the Holy Spirit's not going to speak to you the Holy Spirit will not change we need to open it and make the effort here today but I pray here that we're we're intending to find out its inexhaustible treasures I could teach this book for the rest of my life and still not exhaust everything in it without the reading part it's not going to yield any results so you know it's never the bible will never change your life if it sits on a shelf all week um it's never going to encourage you if it stays on the dashboard of your car and we're all seeking encouragement right now aren't we um it'll never provide you growth and maturity as a as a believer if your the pages are never flipped through every so often and occasionally torn and worn um, you're never going to taste the Lord's goodness if Sunday is the only day that you open it you'll never taste God's goodness if Sunday is the only day that you open your Bible people so I wanted to bring this challenge to you today is that the four reasons to to read your Bible every day is it contains God's will for your life. It's your nourishment. You're not going to grow any other way. And it instructs you in righteousness, keeps you from temptation, keeps you from sin. And it gives you discernment, helps you know and direction in life, keeps you away from false teaching. You know what's wrong you know what's fake you know what's counterfeit so this is my challenge to you today people as i close um after i pray i'm going to give the time back to my brother cliff and thank you for joining me today and let me let me close here lord god we thank you for just bringing this sermon today and message lord and i pray that it touched the hearts of of those listeners today and that it challenged us, Lord God. As I am always challenged when I open your word. Sometimes challenged to the point of discomfort. 
but God, well, I I thank you that you you love me as I am, as as your child. But you want me to continue to grow and to be sanctified continually, daily. Lord, you want that for all of us here. And your Bible is your your number one tool for this. I pray that we we learn how to use it, um, and that we we wear it out. We wear the pages and we open it at least every day, once a day. And that we are living by it, Lord God. As it says, to do, be doers, not just hearers. Not just knowers that we will do. Thank you. I pray that uh, this time had glorified you, not anyone else. Lord, thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.